Hello, 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 and welcome to Two Fat Expats. My name is Kirsty Rice, and with me for the very last time in Copenhagen is Nikki Moffat. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Kirsty Rice. How are you today? Well, uh, when <laughs> yes, <laughs> when do you when do you fly out? Thursday afternoon. And so to uh, with us, how yes, many days is that away from that's here? That's two days from now. Yes, yeah. so today is Tuesday. So this time in two days, we'll be heading to the airport because we have to leave our Airbnb. We're switching over with the people that are coming back from Bangkok. Uh, and then um, we'll head to the airport and then we will get on the plane. Wow. Yeah. How, how are you feeling? Well, yeah, no, okay. I'm feeling okay. I'm a little bit, I think I'm at the numb stage. I'm at the stage now where I think I talked about this the other day, but I, I, or I've spoken about to so many people, but because we, we decided to draw the pack out on this end and we've been in temporary combination, we're at the stage where it feels like, okay, we've been here for a month now, this combination. Yeah, we're good. It's time. Like, that's enough. It's time. It's time. We're yeah. going to have to keep living out of suitcases for another two to three months because <laughs> we've just got a shipment update today. But it's time to leave on this end. And it's not all hysterical, uh, maniacal running around. I mean, there will be last minute running around 100%, but it feels a little bit more controlled when you're just doing it with two suitcases rather than trying to protect two suitcases from the packers who are packing everything else in the site and you're just sort of doing it all at once. So, yeah, that's where we're at. We had a beautiful, I had a beautiful, beautiful evening last Thursday night. We had a, had a bit of a boat trip um, on the canals and uh, it was so fun and very Copenhagen. And yeah, that was so lovely to get a chance to say goodbye. Although, you didn't. You don't always, you know, get to speak to everyone as much as you like. But that was super fun and had a lovely evening then as well. So I'm all, I'm goodbyed. I'm, I'm packed my house. <laughs> I've just got some washing to do and a little bit of um, organising. We are going back as we came. We left Australia uh, as a couple with a baby, and we're returning to Australia as a couple with a twenty year old. But the twenty year old's going on a different airline to us, so. Because they had a different flight booked. So we are going by Dubai and they're going by Qatar. They've got a lovely 20-hour layover in Qatar. Uh, They'll be in the hotel. We got a hotel room for them at the airport. Um, But it's just very very funny that we're sort of returning as we we left, although – Albeit perhaps in a different class on the aeroplane, sadly, but that's that's life life 20 years on. All right. So, Nikki, uh, we always kick off with a bit of a how, what, when, where in the expat world. So I am going to ask you on that because, as you've said, you are ready to roll now. What is the right amount of time to announce to friends and family that you're leaving? Now, I'm excluding the... You know, when do you tell your kids that you're leaving? Because that's a whole different thing and all of us have different children and, and you know, different situations. But so, but I want to know because um, you've known for, I think we said nine months last time that you were going or and the world has known for, you know, that long that you were going or have they? I don't know. You can tell us. But what is the right amount of time to get it right? I don't, I don't really know what the right amount of time is. I, I think also what you said about kids, it depends on the ages of your kids because if you have kids that you need to do a lot of preparation for, 
and then you need to tell them, then sometimes the secret's out because mm. <laughs> your kids go to school and they say, hey, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and then their friends go home and tell their parents and then it's all over Red Rover. So it needs to be it's telling people, telling your kids and your family and people you're leaving is also one of those very complex uh matrixy kind of things that you have to get lots of ducks in a row and work it all out in specific time frames and it's the reason why we get in our two fat expats facebook group so many anonymous posts correct we have requests for anonymous posts and and i saw we had a new person in the group recently because there was an anonymous post about moving to the states and um the person was like, I don't understand why this is anonymous. You know, it seems completely legit, this question. And I was like, oh, mate, you know, <laughs> it was a man that asked. Um, because yeah. quite often you, you're not ready to tell all your friends or you're you're going for a different job. Like it's a whole, you don't yes. want work to know that you have been accepted. You know, it's not time yet to tell work that you've got another gig. And it's also sometimes my husband's been super sensitive about announcing moves until they're announced at his work even if he was moving at the same company yes so you know in places where you live in very small communities you might be friends socially with people in that environment or friends even with people in the industry I mean I know when we lived in Durban all our friends were also in the same industry as my husband and when we were moving he was like you can't tell anyone I was like yeah boring and difficult yeah but so (laughs) Um, true um (laughs) Because you sort of have to wait. Yeah. yeah, because if you work for a large organisation that does uh, thousands of moves in a year, yes. yes, what some people may not understand is that quite often you'll get your gig and they'll say, but we haven't told the person in the location where you're going, we haven't told them yet that yeah. their, their move or your is coming. Staff, or your yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and so which can seem insane but that's just how international moves work because you've got to get all your ducks in a row in the HR department from from one to another. You can't physically tell everybody on the same day, okay, there's this. Um, so yes, quite often it's just it's just not appropriate to announce it. Yeah, so I think it's really dependent on all those things that the matrix situation that it's involving your kids, work, um, school, because often with school you have to give a certain amount of notice for for non re enrollment or withdrawal, or you lose X amount of money or have to pay X amount of money. So there's many, many things in a row. And I have to say that I uh, when we returned this this school year, the twenty two twenty three school year, and I and my daughter went to school for the first day. On the first day, I disenrolled her. I disenrolled her before the first day, so she could leave at the end of that term. And before I had got to school, several people knew that I was that I had disenrolled her, and so they were like, oh, "Are you leaving, or what's going on?" And because we mm. hadn't, we didn't know we were leaving then. We just knew she was leaving. But mm. because she had elected to go back. So, you know, you can't guarantee that there will be um, a level of secrecy around those things either. So you just have to be super careful. In an ideal world when everything was super, your kids didn't open their mouths, <laughs> everything's perfect. I, it really depends because if you're leaving it at now when I'm leaving sort of over the summer period, lots of people are leaving, right? So if you want to... Um, have time to do special trips or catch-ups or things like that with your friends, you probably have to, I don't know, 
And it's also about how you feel about it too. You have said before, you don't want to tell anyone. You just rather sort of like, you know, have have a coffee the day before and say goodbye and then get on the plane. Absolutely. Um, kind of thing. <laughs> Um, whereas I think for me, I process it out loud. So I, that I don't do the internal processing. I do the external processing. So for me talking about it with people is, is, is nice as well. So, I mean, I, I would say, look, two to three months, depending on how you're going. I, I, I I have been reconvinced this time that you should do your pack up in advance rather than live in temporary on the other side if you can help it. So because where you are is where you've got your support network. It's where people can lend you a bed or some bedding or something, whereas when you go to a new place, you might have access to those things or know what to do, know where to find them. So you've got to pack up your place in advance. So, yeah, I'm, I'm saying two to three months, Kirsty, but I know that is not your answer. <laughs> I only realised when you just said that about farewell parties. I don't, I don't feel a need for a farewell party either. Yeah. Like, which is a weird thing. And I'm just, but I've been it's sitting here while, while you've been talking, thinking, why is that? I think I go back to when I got married, at thinking, gee, I'm glad this whole engagement palaver didn't go for very long you know because we got married very we we were married within sort of 12 weeks but I remember I didn't like that whole spotlight of let's talk about the wedding let's talk about the wedding let's talk about the wedding you know what are you gonna wear are you excited you must be so excited I I really didn't I just wanted to marry my husband do you know I I that was me so I think I'm a bit the same with the farewell I still want to have goodbyes with people and I want to and I want to have good conversations with people and tell people how I feel about them and um, have that moment. But I feel no need for, you know, a a big farewell moment. And I think I'm much more, I never, ever say goodbye to people. I always say, um, you know, see you next time or we'll see you soon. See you soon. See you later. yeah, so I don't. I said, see you somewhere else. That's what I've said the other day. Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> I'll see you somewhere else. Um, that's a really good one. Oh, see you next time. See you soon. All that sort of stuff. I think uh, for me, I want a quick break. I don't want this to drag on and on and on. Do you know? I want to just yeah. tie it up, get it happening, and move on. So I guess it comes down to whether you feel you can you can have that because like you always say, Nikki, you've got to, what is it, leave well to grieve well or grieve well yeah, to grieve leave well. grieve well to leave well, yes. yes. So it's whether you can do that quickly. Without the things. Yes, yeah. it's, it's your own personal timeline. It Absolutely. is. It's really. And so I, I imagine with your partner, you've got to have a conversation with your partner about what looks right to you because yes. I'm very much a rip the Band-Aid off and get on let's move on get on let's do it I'm pretty sure I'm married to someone like that as well that they're they're very okay we've got to get got to get this done sort of person I think have you you done farewells in other places that you've lived so and this is the other thing is that what you're used to as well yes we have short answer so and this is the other thing because if you work with a large organization who does moves all the time quite often those moves have to happen really quickly. So the the original company that we were moving with, you know, two weeks, you were you would sort of could be out of there. You would 
get to know and I imagine they've got a process for why they do that too because they yeah. they don't want the lingering you know whatever and once you once you're out in your head you're kind of out because that's the other thing we talk about this all the time Nikki of how somewhat how you've moved on when you yes. know that you're going yeah, somewhere yeah. else yeah, mentally you have to you, because it, you, it's it's part of your process right like it's part yeah. of protecting yourself or preparing yourself or whatever you want to call it but it's it's part of it as well it's mentally yeah if you're someone that's making sure they're doing the one-on-one catch-ups and saying whatever needs to be said um then maybe you can feel like by the end of it oh i'm i'm done with this i've i've done this conversation enough times i've done this you know sort of feeling enough i'm I'm done. And maybe that's when you know it's really time. So I think for me, because I, yeah, 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 I I think I'm having a little bit of a self-discovery here, Nikki, in that that I don't like to talk about the same thing for too long. Yeah, I don't like that to be the the focus. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that a party is good because all the people that you don't see, see the one-on-ones, you're not going to give one of those to everyone you'd like to say goodbye to necessarily, (laughs) right? Because that could be a lot of people, right? So you're probably going to give it to your top ten maybe, just say. In or small group settings, but in a party, if you just throw do or even like a picnic on a beach or whatever you like, yeah. just, it doesn't have to be formal or fancy or expensive. It could just be like we're having a picnic on here, and that way you've given everyone the opportunity, you know, because if yeah. they say we'd love to say goodbye, you say okay, well you can come and see us here at this. We're having a picnic at this park, and if yeah. they can't make it, well then bad luck for them, <laughs> bad luck for everybody. But you don't have to feel bad that. Because I think sometimes you feel bad that you don't make an effort. Oh, I wish I'd caught up with them or I wish I'd caught up with them. Whereas if you have something and you say, okay, meet at this place at this time or whatever, then if someone doesn't come, then that's not on you to say, I feel bad that I didn't do that. I- I'm one of those people that, feel- that feels bad if I don't do all the catch-ups. All right. So we've I've asked the question and neither of us have really answered it. Yeah, no, I did. Date. I said no. two to three months. Oh, you think two to three months. Okay. Yeah, I reckon, yeah. I reckon one to two. <laughs> one, maybe one's enough, actually. Okay, so Kirsty, my question is, with regards to adventure versus stability in an expat life, how do you strike a balance between, like, going to new countries and seeking new experiences and places and having building a sense of stability in your life, say, if you have a family, considering the potential for all the places you might live, all the moves you might make? Okay. So I I think it depends um, what it is you're after. I don't know. What do you think? I, I don't know. I, I, it's just a had in general because more and more we see posts in the group saying, I'm looking to move to a country that has X, Y, Z, A, B, C, um, whether it's for education, lifestyle, outdoor activities, weather, etc. And I have not lived that kind of expat life. Like I've lived the kind of life that we moved with a company once and then we had to we didn't have one of those big companies that did coordinated moves. We just had to see when another job came up somewhere else and and jag it. Yeah. So yeah. we we didn't choose countries or time frames or locations. We just sort of went with what was going and that's how we ended up living. I just think that if a lot of people are starting now with a different viewpoint. Now, look, maybe that will never happen, but there just seems to be so many questions about it in the group that I think, is this what people do now? Do they they're doing something totally different to us? Um 
Do you think they do it in the group because they're just hoping to go to a certain place? Like they, they, they're wanting someone to tell them, oh, yeah, 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 you know, Amsterdam's the best, the best location for this, this and this. And then they, they will get lock on to, gee, I hope we get moved to Amsterdam. Or, I mean, I think if you're a teacher, yes, you can choose uh, where you want to yeah. go. Um, you know, if you have a business that predominantly works online, you can choose where you want to go. But you're right. Like, I mean, for a lot of people it's because they're with a large multinational and they go where that large multinational has a position for them to go. I know if you work for, I know in oil and gas, one company that does it sort of differently than I've heard of others is a company like Shell who you apply for your jobs within. Do you know there still is a application process and you go and you interview for that job that's you know in Jakarta or that job that's in Houston or that job that's in Qatar uh, so whereas I think if you work for a big oil field services company you will just get told hey you're moving to Nigeria in a couple of weeks so because you've put yourself up for being internationally mobile and that's what being yeah. internationally mobile is so yeah I I yeah like I said, I think I think for me, I loved living like that. I loved being on a on a whim of okay, off we go, let's give. It. I mean, I had four children in four different countries. Of talked about it at nauseum, and I look back at that now and think, who was that woman? Do you know, like yes? yes. To- and do you would you have thought before you got married and had children that you could have done that? Hmm. I reckon I was so seriously underprepared for the whole thing. I probably did. I probably thought I could do anything. Like I think I, I don't think I really, this is going to sound so corny, but really from the moment I met G, I just thought we could do anything together. You know, I just thought it'll work out. We'll, we'll work it out. Things work out for us. Um, and I've kind of always felt that way. And then, and then there was just this massive sort of shift of when the kids got older. And I think it was, to be honest, after the uh, global financial crisis, you know, in 2009, I kind of, we, we watched people who used to have a little bit more power over where they moved suddenly just get told that they were moving to certain places and they didn't have any power to change that because there was a global financial crisis and you just wanted to keep your job. Yeah, and if you wanted to keep your job. Yeah, yeah, if you wanted to keep your job, you just did as you were told. And I think that frightened me a little bit of, um, okay, I... I'm happy to go to 90% of the places, but there's a few I just don't want to go to and I think I'm losing my power. And and then we, you know, suddenly you've got four school-aged children and you're relying on, you know, uh, what sort of schooling you're after. And so I think I just wanted to take over a bit more power as the children got older, I felt the need to. I don't think when I had little tiny people, I just knew it was all about, you know, finding buddies to have play dates with and, you know, cool kinder groups. And because we've done Libya where there was literally at that point nothing, right? 
to, to really yeah. do. I mean, it's changed so much now. But I realised, oh, well, you don't need all that stuff. You don't need organised sport. You don't need, yeah. you know, McDonald's and, you know, the, that that sort of, you know, little kid kind of thing. Yeah. You don't need – you can make all that stuff yourself and you can make your all own All you farm. need is a bath. Yes, yes. I was really thought all you needed was and running water. We had a lot of baths, and yeah. and um. So I, I, yeah. But then as they got bigger, and I think probably then we'd done North America, and so yeah. you were like, oh, okay. Well, I, I want them to be able to play sport on Saturdays, and I want them to be able to, you know, have access to, you know. A, a clarinet teacher or a whatever you know maybe so whereas now Nikki now this is interesting if someone said to me now would you like to go to the back of wherever and go to a really small community um I think I'd totally be up for it just for thinking yeah, because the kids aren't y- yeah. you don't have the, you don't have to worry about schooling anymore I think that's what I yes. think I think there's a crunch period where there's sort of the back end of school, yes. sort of the last four years of high school, right, or what yes. the Americans call high school, those last yeah. four years of school are really, it, it's really good if you get them in one spot. If you can't, people get a bit yes. anxious and I totally understand that. Yeah. And so, you know, and with our daughter, we, we're giving her sort of two and a bit years in one spot, but she's okay with that. So I, I just think that's the that's the sweet spot. And then before and after that, it's a little bit more flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, of course, because we're only talking about it from a, a, a children's perspective too, people yes. who are going to have kids, they do whatever they like. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That sounds fantastic. But, yeah, no, I just wondered because would you – so, yeah, if you don't have children, how exciting is the location you pick? You know, would you pick – Nigeria I mean or would you just want to be on the stable sort of like let's pick the countries that we know transportation doesn't get cut off or we don't need armed guards and all that kind of stuff and you know Nikki I think too financially um we're missing a key thing which is a lot of people are run by what the financial motivation is at the time now when you're in your 30s I think you're all about you know, I think you and I have both talked about when we were expats in our 30s and we would look at these expats in their 50s and go, how did you get there? You know, they just yeah. appeared to be able to have it all so easily. And, um, you know, I remember our first expat gig, we travelled with our IKEA furniture and it just looked ridiculous because we were in this, you know, big house in Jakarta with our, you know, four-seater table that came from our flat or apartment, you know, in Perth and one couch and, you know, we had because we were just kicking off. But I think, too, you're trying to financially get ahead and I just remember being worried about money a lot in my 30s and early 40s, you know, and thinking about money and how much things cost all the time and not saving enough money and how much it costs to fly home and feeling like we just didn't have any money for, you know, what we were doing, which is, you know, all I feel embarrassed about that now because you you look around the world at, and go, well, you had food and you had electricity and you had, you know, you had all the 
basics that you needed. Yeah, but that's cultural. Yeah, it is cultural. And then, but something happens, then you suddenly sort of get to your fifties, and I don't know. What is it, Nikki? Like, because I don't know if it if it is that you earn that much more money, or is it just you spending less because you don't have all that uh, after school care stuff, and you don't have all the sporting stuff? I mean, we have the money now to spend more money on ourselves, I guess. Yeah, I think. No, I just think it's an interesting question to ponder because when we started, and and when you started, which is about the same time we didn't sort of have this planning process. And I think just now that the internet is bigger and social media is bigger and there's many more ways to ask questions and and have that process, that if you were, we would probably do it exactly the same way. We're not massive planners. Um, But there are people who do set the planning process in place. So I just thought it was an interesting thing to discuss in terms of that. Yeah, it is. I think I would have asked that question 20 years ago. I think if I yep. would have been right in the thick of moving and I'd had, you know, two moves and whatever, I reckon I would have asked that question in a group because I would yep. have been trying to steer my life in a direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just, yeah. it's just for feedback and just to hear other people's opinions, which we couldn't get 20 years ago because we didn't have Facebook in yes. the same way. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Nikki, uh, three favourite things. Tell me your three favourite things this week. My three favorite things for this week. Okay, so I've got a little bit Australian, Australian, on the <laughs> in some of my shows that I've been watching. I don't know why that is. Aftertaste, Netflix, also ABC iView. Have you seen Aftertaste, Kirsty? I certainly have. Set in the Adelaide Hills, a Michelin star chef has a spectacular failure or fallout overseas and returns home, where his niece is an amateur pastry slash dessert chef. Family dysfunction and fun ensues. <laughs> Would be my blurb on it what did you think because you see that said in your home state uh well nikki uh the lead character of this is a guy called eric thompson and he lives about a hundred meters from our house in port Wollonga. so eric thompson is uh for any other aussies that have watched aussie tv is mr rafter from pack to the rafters did you ever watch pack to the rafters i did yes yes, yes. and so he was he was huge there for a moment in Australia um, because that was such a high rating show and it's really interesting watching him now go from Mr. After because he was Mr. After where he was you know Aussie dad of you know tween to teen to adult children through the series then he did something else I think it was called was it 800 words or 600 words I think it's 800 words where he went he lost his wife and he went and became a surfer in uh, New Zealand and right. you know, wrote his articles every week with yeah. the, the woman who was on McLeod's Daughters. Sorry, I'm getting off track, but there is a point to my story. Um, and so then in that he was kind of this cool kind of aloof guy, you know, who was new in town and looked sort of more groovy writer, surfery. And now he's Aftertaste, which is the Michelin stars chef who he kind of looks a bit bulkier, messier, got that sort of chef kind of um, rugged, uh, you know, I've I've had five glasses of wine, you know, yes. after lunch sort of look. So Eric Thompson um, 
rides his bike past our house most days to go to the beach and we're always trying to guess what sort of character he's currently playing because of because of different hair different physique and different hair but um you know there was a time where it was the most exciting thing that we had this person around the corner you know that was on the telly um and and now it's not exciting at all um but Miss, uh, what do I think of Aftertaste? Um, I watched the first season. I think it's cute. I think it's fun. I think it's beautiful to look at uh, because they are up in the Adelaide Hills and it's lovely. And Rachel Griffiths, like it just like she just comes around the corner and he's just like iconic Australian actress just in this sort of show yes. as well, as well as him. I don't know. I just, I just found it. Anyway, Netflix recommended it to me. It must be new on Netflix. Yeah, I didn't realise it was on. It's been on the ABC forever, do you know? What did you like about Aftertaste? I just thought it was – I don't often – I haven't watched a lot of Australian content in the last 20 years. I mean, I've watched some sort of iconic shows, but I haven't watched a lot of – it's not on my regular lists of things that I watch, Australian shows. So uh, not even Australian Survivor. So <laughs> so already survivor, but um, I just it, it was suggested to me on Netflix. And I just liked it. I liked that it was Australian. I liked that it was you know it. Sometimes I guess you, I used to feel a little bit of a cultural cringe when I watched an Australian TV show. Yes. I sort of felt that it wasn't the same as watching a British or American show as an, yes. an Australian show. But I yeah. kind of think now that Australian shows are really equally, you know, I don't feel that cultural cringe anymore when I watch them. I feel for the most part, something like Aftertaste is, well, that's why it's on Netflix because, you yeah. know, it's it's up there for everybody to see. So I think it's great that it's it, it really is quite intergenerational as well. Yes. So and so I think you get a really good picture of a, a young person that's trying to be into food, an older yes. person, how those people yes. can work together, and then and then that generation above them where there's, you know, there's a lot of secrets and uh, mystery and uh, things in their life and how they cope with things. And there's also, uh, from memory, it's been a long time since I watched season one, but I think there's an Indigenous character as well. Yeah, no, I think it's great. Like yeah. I think it, show, it showcased uh, – a lot of things that I wasn't used to seeing in Australian TV, I guess. And also just, just as I said, the storyline is sophisticated and I didn't get that cultural cringe. So yeah. I just, that's why I thought I was pretty happy with it. And like you said, Rachel Griffith is in it and I think Rachel Griffith actually made a concerted effort to return to Australia and do a lot more Australian content. Yeah, so Rachel Griffith has done a couple of shows and, and interestingly, uh, ABC Productions too. So yes. internationally, uh, people would know her as uh, what was the what was the American show that Brothers she was on? Brothers and Sisters. Brothers and Sisters. On, yeah, which was That's massive. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was massive. She originally came to fame in Australia because she was in Muriel's Wedding but then had this yes. huge career. And my favourite Rachel Griffith moment was we went to New York to watch um, The Boy From Oz with Hugh Jackman was uh, doing The Boy oh, From wow. Oz. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we, we accidentally found our way 
to the backstage bit where people stand out the back waiting for them to leave in the, you know, in the back lane. And we, <laughs> we, because we went out the wrong door and then it was like, what are all these people doing? And then we realized, oh, they're waiting for Hugh Jackman to come out. And out popped Rachel Griffith. And people were like, he is, isn't that the, the the woman from Brothers and Sisters? You know, because and and we were like, oh my god! And she walks sort of straight through us. And and someone said, oh, she's a she's an, another Australian star. And I remember her saying, I'm not the star. That guy is the star because he had just put on this phenomenal. He was so good in The Boy from Oz. Nikki, he was. Just, yeah, I had never seen oh, it. That's amazing. That you he, got to see he it. was to see someone of that stature stand on a piano and jump in the air and do the splits before they hit the ground I mean he and to sing and dance and just be so Peter Allen he was amazing anyway I'm off track we were talking about aftertaste but um yeah I I think you're right I think I think it's a good good suggestion the next one is the lake which is uh on Amazon Amazon Prime for people comes free with Prime Video season one is over and season two comes out on June the 8th so if you're interested uh, June the 8th 2023 (laughs) for people in the future listening to this podcast Justin has been in Australia and he may have had an affair with a Coffs Harbour Hemsworth which keeps getting referred to all the time. Uh, he got his best friend pregnant at the high school prom, which was the only time that he had sex with a woman, and they gave the baby up for adoption. And the adoption is an open adoption. So after 16 years in Australia, he comes back home for the summer to reconnect with his birth daughter, and he takes her to the lake of his youthful summers, uh, but it turns out his mean stepsister, played by Julia Stiles, is there as well. It's quirky, offbeat, you know all the character types, summer by the lake, Julia Stiles is a perfect passive-aggressive scheming stepsister who has hijacked the old family cabin. I just thought everybody in this show, I, I hadn't seen a lot of the actors before, but I thought they are all brilliant. But Julia Stiles is freaking awesome. She's so funny. So She's so just very all, good. They're all Americans, but he just happened to be an American who he went just to Australia. Ha- it's really right. weird. Like he just, they just talk about, oh, but you've been in Australia. You've been in Australia. It talks all the time. Oh, I heard you had a relationship with a Hemsworth. He says, oh, yes, but it was a Coffs Harbour Hemsworth. And it comes oh. up like 10 times. It was just oh. a Coffs Harbour Hemsworth. It wasn't one of the main Hemsworth. <laughs> anyway, it's just funny because obviously it just shows now how Australia has gone so mainstream, so to speak, in in American terminology, if you know yeah. what I mean. If you're talking about a, a Hemsworth, oh, but a Coffs Harbour Hemsworth. Anyway, it was funny. It was, uh, you know, it's just a 30-minute episodes, quirky, funny, um, well worth a watch, easy to watch, and uh, you can do a whole family thing. There's not... When I say you can do a whole family thing, I'm thinking about teenagers. I don't. <laughs> when people say you said suitable, can I watch that with the kids? I'm always like, yes, no way. Can you? Because <laughs> I'm just thinking in terms of my kids, because my kids are so much older now. Yes. And of course, never watch TV with me. Um, and the third thing I'd say is the last thing he told me on Apple TV Jennifer Garner. Love, love, love Jennifer Garner. It's based on a book. Um, Based on a yes, novel, which I've was read. very big hit. Yes, very um, big hit. Exactly. Yes. That book, my husband gave it to me. He picked it up in an airport and he picked it up in an airport like before getting on a plane, got to Australia, was leaving Australia, handed me this book and said, this is a weird one. I'm going to give you this because I picked it up at the airport. He said, 
And I actually couldn't put it down. And he said, it's not, it's not my style of book. You will read it going, did you really read this? And he said, but I couldn't put it down. It was great. And he was right. It was a great book. It was a very good book. Okay. So I haven't read the book, uh, but I watched the TV series right. and I, I just think Jennifer Garner's a great actress. She I just, is. I really enjoy her, uh, her work. Uh, it's got, Angari Rice or Angori Rice. Uh, I recognized her, but I, I, I couldn't have told you her name, but I looked it up for this purpose. And the guy who played Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones is the husband. And I don't know if the book is told this way, but it's a series of flashbacks. So it's happening mm-hmm. to her in real time. And then she's remembering, uh, you know, in a, a moment with her husband who, no, it's actually no um, spoiler to say, disappears in the first five minutes of the Yeah, uh, of same the, thing uh, happens the, in the book. Uh, he disappears right. in the first, she gets the note or whatever handed yes. to her from the yep. kid on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And the note says protect her and the protecting her is her stepdaughter. They've only been married for a year. Her stepdaughter doesn't like her and she has to negotiate from that point. Yeah. And then it turns out her husband has been lying to her, lying to her stepdaughter, and they go through a whole process. I really enjoyed it. It, it dropped on Apple TV. It dropped week by week. So I found it like after five episodes and there were seven. So I watched five episodes Perfect. and then I was like, oh, no, yeah. I have to wait yeah. another week for the sixth and then another week for the seventh. But yeah. I really enjoyed it. I I thought the acting was great. I it apparently was quite similar to the book. Yeah, it was good. I I, yeah. I, would, I would read the book. Oh, well, I'll give it to you when I see you in Oz. Yeah. <laughs> what are yours, Kirsty? What are your three oh, things? Oh, Nikki, have you seen Alone on oh, SBS? Oh, no. But every podcast I've listened to for the last oh. two weeks has had nothing else on it. Oh. Every Australian podcast. Um, same. And, and same, same, same. I would never have picked Alone to watch, which is why I'm going to talk about it on this podcast because the same thing. I've heard it elsewhere. And you and I both know I love Survivor. This is nothing like Survivor. This yeah, is. Okay, that was my question. This, I was like, is this another Survivor casting? This <laughs> will make you rethink everything. It is. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, overstate it, but it is so, so interesting as a exercise of looking at the basics of life and and what happens to us when you strip back absolutely everything and it is it is the antichrist of survivor because you know survivor is a bunch of people go out and they do all these physical tasks to um try and get rewarded with things and then they've all got to basically manipulate and each other against each other and, and do whatever this is so different so alone in australia is set in western tasmania uh, I believe I haven't watched any of the other alones, but they have been going since about 2015. And interestingly, when they started in America, they said that the contestants were sort of mainly these sort of huntery, you know, gun yep. kind of male white, you know, there was a thing. And it has changed over, it's evolved into now it's more sort of survivalist land-loving, naturist sort of people. I think the longest anyone's lasted is 100 days and that was in northern Canada and I have no idea how you do that because these people get to pick 10 things that they want to take with them 
they have because you spend the first little bit of it going, how is this being filmed? Like how how because they are totally alone. They get um, they'll have cats. It's like naked and afraid, Kirsty. <laughs> have you seen that? It's one of my uh, yeah. favourite shows. Um, no. So they will have like a camera on their head or a camera on their body. They will set up a camera along the water so that and and these there's a lot of uh, sensors that I think come on when people move and stuff. But it's seventy k's worth of camera equipment. So we, once you decide where you're going to be, you really don't want to move from there because you don't want to expend the energy because you are totally alone and you have nothing. And suddenly you realise. All of these things that you take for granted that you just didn't know. So next time someone says to you, you shouldn't miss breakfast or you can't go out, you know, you can't go without your dinner or whatever, just think of these people that quite often they go for 10 days without any food. And, and it also shows you who who is really clever with how they expend energy. Okay, so the one woman that you would have heard everybody talk about mm. is Gina and everybody Gina, has talked yes. about Gina and Gina's career is I don't know the name of anybody else on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> so probably the other two are Chris and Mike, but Gina right. will, you will watch this show just busting for the bits where Gina's in it. And, in fact, I said to my husband last night, would we watch this if Gina wasn't in it? Because she is intoxicating. She's a bushcraft teacher. Is the uh, is her career? She lives completely off grid in New South Wales, in a place with no running water, where the front door doesn't close and the possums get in. She is an unbelievable person. For so imagine. Uh, you, uh, you're very happily, I, th- I don't know if she was married or just partnered, but you're very happily partnered with someone. You um, then find out you've got breast cancer and within two weeks, uh, and, and, and sorry, you're pregnant and then you find out you've got breast cancer and then they tell you that you need to terminate the baby because you've got breast cancer and you can't, if you have, don't have all the treatment, whatever, it's going to kill you. Anyway, you do both. You have the treatment and keep the baby and then you give birth to this four kilogram baby because you've looked after yourself so well and sort of trusted your own abilities. Anyway, three years later that child then gets cancer and dies and there's this moment where she's out in the bush and she's like doing her she's telling you the story and I'm I'm not spoiler alerting I think because this gets discussed you know in everything yeah it's her attitude because then would you be the sort of human being that then she's obviously this is the most devastating thing that's ever happened to her in her life and her partner wants to, after they've both grieved and whatever, wants to have another baby. You can't get pregnant. You find out that you're not ever going to get pregnant. And then you say to your partner, well, you need to go and be with someone and have a child because I don't want to stop you from doing that. And you are such an involved individual that you watch your partner find someone else you become great friends with them and then you are the godparent of their child oh goodness yeah like she is just you watch her and you just go oh we could all learn so much 
from yes. you. Yes, can we have some EQ genes going on yes. there, please? Yes, yes. Anyway, I heard, I've, I've read so many things about her. She chose not to take, everybody takes a sleeping bag except for her. She just hates plastic and she said, I, I hate plastic. I couldn't imagine sleeping in plastic. Um, so her mate made her like a handmade possum skin coat and this coat just keeps her so warm that quite often she's not wearing any clothes under the coat because it's so effective for her. Um, and so one of the producers was saying when they had the, you know, the whole champagne premiere event that she looked so uncomfortable because she had to put on a pair of shoes for a start, but she also used the phrase, oh, I'm out of one jungle and into another. Like it was so out of her realm to be in Sydney doing that. But um, where they are put is so inhospitable. It is so uncomfortable. It is freezing cold. It is muddy. There are sticks and snags everywhere. Um, It's great because there are Indigenous contestants in there that say the Indigenous people would not have stayed here. They would have got out of here because they had the smarts to know that you wouldn't stay here. And you're going, oh, yeah, that's a very, very good point. Um, and, and what else I loved was they have to shoot at least five hours a day of footage and they're not allowed to delete and they're not allowed to tape over anything. So anyway, it just takes you back to the basics because you watch you watch people sit there for hours trying to make a net, you know, to catch something because they're eating worms, you know, they're doing everything. There's a botanist on there. There's a woman who's a botanist and she knows everything about which plants to eat and what not to eat and whatever. And she suddenly says, I've just realised that even if I could catch meat, I couldn't kill it. So I'm not going to do that. So, but you start to go, you see why people did catch meat because suddenly you've got five kilos of meat that it will keep you in the competition for another three weeks if you can eat that meat that the fish is not going to. All these stupid things, Nikki, where you talk about because at the beginning of it, Gina starts off where she goes, I am so fat, I'm so fat that I can barely roll myself off this log to get up and go and, you know, put up my canvas. And you find out that she's put on 19 kilos to take part in this because she knows how much, how many calories that gives her to give her the energy. You know, it's like 150,000 calories to have that 19 kilos. It is, I just loved it. Anyway, I've talked for far too long about it, but that is why people are raving about it because you will sit back and go, that guy is the happiest he's ever been in his life because he hasn't eaten for three days and he just caught a fish and you watch him jumping up and down and so excited and you <laughs> go, that's who we are, that's who we're meant to be. Yeah. But we've just complicated our lives so much that we no longer have the joy because we just walk down to the supermarket and buy it. Do you know? Like yeah. it's, it's so basic and simple and I think that's why it's a hit. Okay, the second thing I am listening to is Hannah's Story, which is the oh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Nikki, we talked last week about kind of protecting yourself on the internet and the socials yes. of all the terrible things and choosing to take yourself into a darkness. And I really had to think about this because this story really affected all Australians, I think. I don't mm. think I'm over yeah doing it to say that uh february 2020 um hannah clark and her three children 
were murdered by her husband. Um, she was a victim of coercive control and domestic violence. Um, but he he waited for her and he poured petrol over all of them when they were in the car. And I, know, the car I know, I know, I know, I know. It was awful. Um, so if I would say don't listen to it if you're someone that is going to get way too upset. I've I've had to take little breaks. The only reason I am staying with it is the two women that produced this, Melissa Downs and Jess Lodge, were both news presenters who worked during that time and were so deeply yep. affected by it, by, you know, going to court and um, doing those things that they chose to do this podcast as an educational element of what coercive control is done. Well, I think that's really important. I yeah. don't dismiss yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And the the parents are part of the podcast, the brother is part of the podcast, and they talk to you about what they saw, what they dismissed, what they didn't dismiss, what they should have could have done. You sort of hear about what the police did and didn't do. Um, so it is really educational for that um, with if you've got anyone in your life where, you, where you've little, you're having little red flags of I don't, I don't yep. think that's quite right, I think this is good for that. So, um, yeah, it's just called Hannah's Story. Uh, I don't know how many parts are coming out but I think we're up to three now. But, yeah, make sure you're in the right frame of mind and something far more light and fluffy is platonic which is on apple tv which is oh yeah i've seen it's advertised it's so lovely in it's rose byrne and seth rogan uh she's a stay-at-home mum after being a a lawyer in her previous life he's a hipster grunt craft beer you know maker uh they used to be best friends until and they were completely inseparable they they had they've never slept together they were just a very very deep friendship until he married someone that she didn't like and it was the end of their relationship friendship so it kind of covers all of about that I don't know if you have one of these men in your life I have one of these men in my life who I shared a house with um uh, his name's Darian and we are very close and we go out to dinner together and we slept in the same bed many 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 times together where there was never any uh you know chance of anything like that ever happening we were both but we were just so close and and um I just I wonder if for me because this character my, my Darian is a bit Seth Rogen and um there is so much to it there's a bit at the beginning where her and her husband because the husband encourages her to go back and revisit this friendship and uh she says yeah but that doesn't happen after you get married and he goes of course it does and she said, well, how many, how many, you know, female friends do you have that you just catch up with and do that stuff with? I, I, when I look at all of my female friends, I can't think of one of them that's got a bloke in their life that they, you know, do everything with and have that relationship with. Um, and it is, it's kind of, it's kind of a bit like that, that same conversation that happens with when Harry met Sally where they're, you know, saying that men and women can't be friends, but then at the end they ruin the whole the whole argument because they do end up sleeping together and being together. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was saying to G, like, 
we were trying to say, well, why is that? Because, yeah, definitely with me, I, I moved. Like I, I don't yep. know what in all of my normal relationships, what would have happened with them because I moved. Right. But, yeah. And, yeah, I've got so much to say about that. We can talk about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, Expat uh, friendships, what would have happened if you hadn't yeah, had to pause? Yes. Um, and so it's really got me thinking about why that does happen. Um but also the whole thing of having a friend where they don't uh, have kids and they don't have a partner and you're trying to keep it all going with your kids and your family and and whatever but have this other friendship that's so vastly different. Different, yep. Oh, look, it's cute. It is cute and funny. It'll make you giggle out loud. G and I watched all three episodes that are released. From now on, it only comes out on Wednesdays. Uh, I th- I think it's well done. She must have a thing with Apple TV uh, because she did physical through Apple TV as well. What she does in this that is cute, and it's funny that you were talking about your Australian uh, references to this thing, is oh, in the first 10 minutes of it, I was thinking, she's kind of going back and forth between an Australian and an American accent because she bits of Australian would come out but then yeah. bits of American and then it was like, oh, I, oh I, I'm, I'm worried for Rose Byrne. I think she's, you know, I think she's, she's losing it. Yeah, she's losing it. <laughs> and then someone comes out and talks about her childhood in Australia and I was right. like, oh, how refreshing that she has said, do you know what, I'm going to talk how I talk. And you're yeah. all going to get used to it um, yeah. rather than me have to make a decision between one or the other. So I really, I, uh, as an Aussie, uh, appreciated. I thought it was really cute. But, yeah. All right. Well, Gazzy, great to catch up. And yes. uh, I'll speak to you again. And next time I'll be speaking to you from the other side of the world. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, good luck with the next two days. I think it will all just, it won't seem real, will it? when you're when you're really I don't going. think so I I just said to someone oh I'm saying all the time now this is the first time we've arrived in Australia in 20 years without a plane to get back out oh. and I'm just worried about how that's going to feel when I walk in <laughs> yeah. I'm always walking in knowing I'm going out and I think that this is a bit of a thing that I just I'm going in and there's there's no out <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I always go in without an out because I quite often because I I book my tickets from Australia because it's cheaper, yeah. So I usually arrive and then I've got to quickly book another ticket. <laughs> but you're right, it is a very different feeling, is it? And I imagine you have to tick. You will, yes. Nikki, you have you to have tick, to the tick box. that box. Rest- Returning Australian. Yes, and, and that question will ask you how long do you yes. intend to stay in Australia? Yes. And what will your answer be, Nikki? A long time. <laughs> a long time. You're allowed to change your mind, though. The box doesn't say you have to do what you write in the box. That is exactly right, isn't it? Like you don't have to. You don't have to. Yes. Oh, well. Um, enjoy, enjoy. Have you had your last dip yet? When is your last dip? No. So our last dip, my last dip will be tomorrow. So I've been going with my husband um, the last few days and then tomorrow I'm going to go with my girlfriends and do one last dip. Mm. And then that will be it. But, I mean, the water's 14 degrees now. It's not really, like, it's not that cold. Right. Okay. In fact, it's not cold at all. But <laughs> it's your... <laughs> Relatively speaking. Sounds bloody cold to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
probably the same as the water in South Australia in uh, in not true, peak season. True, 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 true. You got All cold right. water down there. Okay, we do. good chat. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll speak good to you luck, later. and I'll speak to you on the other side.